0: You are now
1: entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. Four, three, two, one... To forty going on fourteen. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel, and I'm Josh. And it turns out,
2: after looking into it, I'm six degrees away from crispy bacon.
1: Uh, is that uh, just how far you have to turn uh, uh, in your chair?
2: Mm-hmm. Sometimes then, much less than six degrees. You uh, are about.
3: He, uh, he just means that the oven is set at at three ninety four. Sounds like he got some raw bacon there.
0: <laughs> he was about two feet away from a crispy cicada once.
1: Okay. Okay. Wait. 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 <laughs> Before we go on. I want to apologize for the naming nomenclature of last week's show. I don't know what the <laughs> hell came over me. Alcohol. More than likely.
3: I'm sorry, I have a cold.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, there, that's out. You know what else is out? Uh, I, I'm i going to go with something, Patrick. But no, I, I was know. going to the say dozens and... of
2: awesome geek-flavored shows at the Musings of a Geek Podcast Network.
3: Oh, ah, awesome. the Segway Master oh, is back.
2: Look at that. Yeah. You can listen to
0: shows
3: I such as salt
2: in Georgia.
0: You done? <laughs> <laughs> My Skype is skyping. Keep
2: going. <laughs> Stop Skyping. <laughs> you can listen to such shows as sweat the small stuff. Who the what now? Geek dig podcast. Salt city podcast. The pilots podcast. The Mindians minute. 365 <clears throat> flicks and the cue from hell.
3: Mindians minute. Mm-hmm.
1: What is that about?
3: It's yeah. an Indian named Mindy And she does a one minute podcast
0: <laughs>
1: A uh, I don't think so, Pat
3: No? Oh, I was guessing
2: I, I actually think it's talking about uh, The Mindy Project
0: Oh
3: uh, uh, I name? love Mindy Kaling
0: Yeah.
4: Oh, really?
3: Why? Yeah.
0: Oh, she's awesome oh,
3: she's, she's great, she's hysterical You read her book? Her book is fucking hysterical I don't know who her. that is She played she's... Kelly Kapoor on uh, The Office
1: And now she's got her own terrible show <laughs> See, I, I never watched The Office.
3: She's best friends what? with B.J. Novak.
1: Nothing.
2: Once no. again, Mike is confused by things that happened after 1999, and Joel is wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not confused Almost by right it. I just world. don't know who that is. I, I, <laughs> I haven't. I've got the British Office. Got the UK version. I got that unboxed uh, season one on DVD. Got Look that one.
3: Mindy Kaling. You probably know who she is. K A L I N G. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Albert Brooks.
1: K-A-L-A.
2: Well, if you'd like to ask us questions <laughs> about Mindy Kaling or other things that happened after 1999, you can always give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's yeah, 708-669-9727. Mindy Kaling.
3: Anybody call up this week?
2: <laughs> yeah, we had a few people call in. Uh, there are mm-hmm. other places to uh, listen to our show,
1: however. Just, oh, uh, just the right. no. Yeah, I told you you knew who she was. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, Dick. I got nothing.
3: Yeah.
2: All Where right. else can they find our show, Mike?
1: Well, they can find fine uh, previous shows of this on uh, <laughs> <laughs> iTunes, <laughs> Blueberry, Stitcher, <laughs> smooth, and Talk Smooth jump right there. Like that? <laughs> We're professionals here. And if uh, <laughs> they want to get in on the voicemail action, they can call 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. <laughs> did that already. You did?
0: <laughs> what if... <laughs> <laughs> what if they're parasailing?
2: You
1: fuckers, stop me. The Mindy Project. I was looking, looking up Mindy What's Her Face well, well, to realize that I still it, it, don't it, know it, who it, the it, hell she is.
3: we like to take a break from the Mindy Project Marathon on Saturday right around noon. We get, the, yeah. we get the perfect break for you.
2: Saturdays at noon, you can listen to us on Geek Life
3: Radio.
0: And then go parasailing.
3: <laughs> or go back to the Mindy Project, one or the other. How did the show turn into a plug for the Mindy Project?
2: I have no idea. I don't know.
1: I don't even know <laughs> Plus, who the hell she is.
2: But good God, let us hear from some listeners.
0: You <laughs> might as well talk about Arrested Development while you're at it.
5: Hey, gentlemen. This is Randy from Cincinnati. Uh, going back to your uh, video game show last week or whatever it was, uh, you guys totally forgot to mention the Virtual Boy. Come on, that was the greatest thing ever by Nintendo. Believe me, I know I sold like three of them when I worked at Toys R Us back in the day. It was awesome. Hey, keep up the good work. Uh, even though I'm probably going to stop listening to your shows, there's just too damn many commercials anymore. <laughs> My God, it's like going to <laughs> Bye.
1: Apparently, we've <laughs> sold out. Sir. Well played, Randy. I like that.
2: There is a reason we didn't talk about the Virtual Boy, and that's because, uh, well, basically, the Virtual Boy is for people that want to play games made out of strawberry jello, but also want to be dizzy. A very, <laughs> very niche group what? of gamers. Yeah, uh, I get the joke. I don't the, think those uh, two get Virtual it. Boy was this headset that you wore to play 3D games, but it was <clears> 256 <throat> colors of what should have been grayscale, but it was all in bright red.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't so much a headset as something you put on a tripod on the table and stuck your face into.
2: Yeah, which gave a lot of people severe motion sickness. Pack oh, I would have loved love it. it.
3: Yeah. Hey, we said the same thing. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. That it sounds like something that would be uh made made up in the Simpsons.
1: No, no, it's it's Virtual real rules. and from it, what I understand it. the guy who invented it, they like to shame him in in whatever you know Japanese corporate culture, they made him go to a game convention like a a showing and have a booth showing off this piece of shit. So like, yeah. all right, you invented this, get out there, you got to you got to stick your ass in it whatever that it means. Was,
2: it was so unpopular that right now, ones that are in working condition are actually worth quite a bit of money. Yep. So, uh, on to the next voicemail. Sure.
5: Hey, it's Big Lake Pete again. Still, please, I'm still driving home. So, I, you guys are talking about renting video games, and I'm wondering, have you guys ever done a show on home video stuff? Because that can be pretty interesting. You talk about the old days when you'd rent the VCR, and you get the big giant typewriter, it carry in, And then for the now, you can talk about things like Lulu and Netflix, all the stuff that you guys use So, watch the movies that you watch, or you watch the movies that you watch. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> talk to you guys later. Lots and front Bye.
1: Peg, like Pete, I want to first say thank you for having just a grasp on the English language that I do. And two, that would be a great show. We did a whole media show for music. Why can't we do one for like the huge ass laser discs and stuff?
2: Yeah, I like the idea. Uh, yes. Although uh, how we watch some of the movies we watch now, uh, we'll be exposing ourselves—at least some of us—to uh, how we allegedly.
1: That's why I prefer to expose myself. Please, there are ladies present.
0: <laughs> Mike uses the library system to expose himself. Yes. <laughs>
2: That's why I'm he's sure no longer might. allowed in the periodicals.
3: I'll show you how uh, to do doing decimal. Uh, right, we really got... He only needed a microfiche.
0: <laughs> File that <Nice>. under penis. <laughs> All
4: right,
3: we got
0: one more.
5: Hey, what going on 14th? Big Lake Peak. So you guys are talking about video game consoles, and uh, I don't want to necessarily bore you guys with the long and storied history I personally have had with video game consoles, but I thought you guys might find it interesting, uh, especially given the recent Kung Fu episode you guys did, one of the games that I remember pretty fondly growing up was a game on the... It was a 2600 game, but by the time I got a hold of it, I was playing it on a 7800 called Kung Fu Master. Yes. And this is a game that is basically a ripoff of like a, a Bruce Lee-type martial arts movie where the bad guy... You know kidnaps your girlfriend so you invade his dojo and there's like five levels of the dojo and you fight your way to the top and then you beat the head boss guy um, and because it was a 2600 game there was no save points or anything so you had to do it all in one go uh, and the big reward because this is how this is how games worked back then uh, you know for younger listeners the big reward for beating the game is that you start the game over on a harder level <laughs> So I remember it took me months of, uh, you know, beating up ninjas and stuff like that before I could finally beat the final boss. And I was like, yes, at last, the day is mine. And it rescues my girlfriend. And then, like, it immediately cuts to I'm back on the first floor again and all the bad guys are harder now.
4: <laughs>
5: and that was oh yeah, oh yeah, frustrating oh yeah. as hell. <laughs> but also kind of cool because it was one of the first games I ever played that actually had boss battles in it which seems insane now because any kind of decent video game has boss battles but anyway I thought you guys might be interested in that because of martial arts kung fu stuff and video game console stuff (laughs) and uh, that's all I got I'm going to go home and get some sleep because I've only had about three hours in the last 24 48 something I don't know I'll talk to you guys later bye
2: yeah, I recall Kung Fu Master when it was re-released just as Kung Fu for the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System. It was a uh, a favorite of mine.
0: Yeah, I don't
3: remember that one. That was a fun one.
2: Yeah. So no based- Charlie,
3: no Charlie this week, huh?
2: No Charlie this week. Uh, apparently, he's waiting for the checks from last week.
3: I wonder if he's. I wonder if he's safe. Mark twice if you're in Milwaukee. Anyone? Nothing. All right. What? Nothing. What? Huh?
2: Huh?
1: huh? What? <sighs> <gasps> Back to this bullshit. <laughs> I'm pretty convinced it's about that time. It is definitely about that time. This week in... Music. Movies. And TV.
4: And sports.
1: All right, so this week in 1984, because that was the year that The Bacon was released.
0: Do you know, uh, I saw Wild Things, the movie, and I saw Kevin's Bacon. (laughs)
1: Uh Yeah. Yeah. By bacon, he means
3: penis.
0: Wait, what just happened? (laughs) It was not crispy.
3: No, then it would not be R-rated.
1: That's a real specific fetish you got there, man. What? I don't know. He's talking about his crispy bacon. Are we having the same conversation? I don't think... (laughs)
3: Damn it, we invoked him. All right, this weekend. It's been a while I, since an appropriate one has come out.
1: That I know. Definitely appropriate.
4: Very good, Josh.
1: Yeah, I think I kind of am grateful that we gave Josh that button. Um, <laughs> all right, so this weekend music, Jump by Van Halen is number one, followed by, oh Footloose by Kenny Loggins. Go figure. Nuts. I hate that song, Jump. No,
2: I've always hated it, too. What? Yeah. And, and are it's you guys a, serious?
1: And 100%.
3: That's a stupid, stupid song.
0: Oh my God, I love that song. I love that song.
3: Ra- random lyrics that mean nothing, and then, well, might as well jump. What? What does that mean?
1: <laughs>
0: oh, oh, who said that?
1: Yeah, and that is, the, yeah, dumb lyrics.
3: Baby, awful.
0: how you being? Really? It's kind of You like are aware one.
1: you're listening to the, the David Dump. Lee Roth era of Van Halen, right? What? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you aware that you're listening to the David Lee Roth version of, yeah, of Van Yeah, and there's
3: very Hanen. few songs. Of theirs that I like when he was the, the lead, actually. I don't really care for David Lee Roth. Not a fan.
2: Yeah. If I'm going to be listening to a song called Jump, it is going to be from the Pointer Sisters or Crisscross.
3: Cross. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Or Crisscross. Cross. Okay. I stand corrected. I, I,
3: I will go with, um, in
2: insane. Uh, in,
3: yeah. Thank you. Cause I almost fucked that up and said insane clown posse. And I realized that was
1: <laughs> <laughs> they probably have one too,
3: but yes, I would definitely go with,
1: um, that band that we mentioned? Yeah, mentioned band right that I on. cannot think of right now. He just... <laughs> Did we just mention that 20 yeah, seconds earlier? I'm
3: Shit right now. Shut up. <laughs>
1: okay. February 28th, 1984. Recovering from the scalp burn sustained a month earlier, Michael Jackson wins eight Grammy Awards out of 12 nominations. This breaks a record for the most Grammys won in a single year, only matched by Carlos Santana.
0: You know, he won it all 12, and after he lost, he felt a little burned.
1: Ah. Mm. Uh he wins for win 7 for the critically acclaimed album Thriller and for his other work on the audiobook for the film E.T. the extraterrestrial. Weird.
0: And then E.T. went home. <laughs> this Yay. was still
1: the this it was. This was still record highest television ratings in Grammy history.
2: So it was then and is still now the ah. highest rated Grammy's ever, which makes sense mm-hmm. because at this point Michael Jackson was like <clears throat> huge.
1: Oh yeah, It was right after Thriller.
3: Yeah. Thriller, man. Thriller.
1: All right. Uh, in uh, this week, in 1984, the German industrial band KMFDM is founded and holds its first performance at Grand Palais in Paris, France.
0: Anagram?
1: Oh no, no, no. We, we've been over this.
0: I know. That's why I said
1: it. Okay. Uh, what? Oh, on March 1st, Sting plays his last concert with the Police at the end of the Synchronicity tour. They play a few special events until 2007, when they would reorganize, or they organize a reunion tour.
2: I actually just now uh, found out what KMFDM stands for, and this is not a joke. Hmm. Uh, Kein Mehrheit für die Mittled. Oh, yeah. I don't know
3: what that means. I'm glad that's not a joke, because that would be an awful joke. Yes.
0: (laughs) I said a German joke.
3: (laughs) Maybe it is a German joke. Maybe it means, you know, why did the chicken cross the road in German?
1: It means literally translate to no majority for the pity. But it's typically given the loose translation of no mm-hmm. pity for the majority.
0: Oh, yeah, okay. Not, that makes more sense. Not kill go. motherfucking Depeche Mode, which is oh, kind of like <laughs> what a lot
1: of 1% like. is kind of what they're
0: saying. Mehrheit mm-hmm. für I hadn't
1: realized that Sting broke up with police in 84. I thought it was a hell of a lot later than that.
0: Yeah,
2: a lot of people think uh, that some of those songs in the mid to late 80s are police songs, but they're actually from a solo album. Hmm.
1: Yeah, as I thought first, he broke up, like, what is it? It's Steve
3: Perry syndrome. You know, you you have such a distinctive voice that everything you you sound is going to be recognizable as your voice, whether you're in a band or not, and they always associate
5: you with that band.
1: Yeah. I, uh, yeah. So, uh, movies. Hollywood takes a holiday. No movies are released from February 17th to March 2nd. No wow. shit. That's crazy. So, wait, then when was Footloose was obviously released right before that, then? Yes, I
3: guess so, yeah. That, yeah. that only makes sense.
1: Okay, well, Footloose... Oh,
3: yeah. Well, I mean,
2: we always do it in the year, but it's not necessarily always released in the same week, and it just happens yeah. that it was big at the time.
1: Okay. Footloose is the number one movie, and everyone's got to cut loose in the middle of a three-week run knocking off unfaithfully yours. Is that what the one with, um... Dudley Moore? Yeah. And yep. the model. Yeah. Oh, Derek?
3: What's-her-face? No. Oh, Derek. That was 10.
1: Ellie McPeterson. <laughs> few years too early. All right. TV. The top four shows are Dallas, 60 Minutes, Dynasty, and the A Team. We Whoa. did not want to laugh at this time. It was all drama, Mr. T, and news.
2: <laughs> Am I looking at a different set of show notes or is Mike ad
0: libbing?
1: He's,
2: He's ad libbing.
0: Oh, okay.
1: He's
3: having a stroke. But, I thought know. I was going crazy. Ron Burgundy's gone
1: rogue. What do you see? <laughs> I see blue and green. On February 26th, Reverend Jesse Jackson acknowledged calling New York City Jaime Town when speaking to a reporter in what he thought was an off-the-record conversation. Jackson later apologized in a speech before national Jewish leaders. This gaffe would later be parodied by Eddie Murphy in an SNL song called Don't Let Me Down, Me Town. <laughs> wow. I, I know there's news <laughs> recently about Eddie Murphy.
2: Um, He's still around. <laughs> well, I don't know if you guys saw any of the SNL 40 stuff but uh there was the a jeopardy number that they did where uh Keenan played Bill Cosby well that was actually supposed to be Eddie Murphy and he refused to disrespect a fellow comic like that and it was basically like uh you, I'm not going to do it and your choice is to uh, like not have me do it or not have me on the show and they realized huh Eddie Murphy despite all of his recent career moves this still pretty much the biggest person on this show so we're just going to
0: let him do what he wants Hmm. so what does to classify bill cosby as then if he's not going to diss a fellow comedian i don't understand are they just talking about snl based comedians? well
2: that's the thing is the whole bit was that uh it wasn't just a making fun of bill cosby but was a direct reference to bill cosby's late trouble in the media with all of the allegations and uh because that was the uh, gist of the joke, Eddie Murphy refused to do it.
3: Hmm. Oh, I mean, Eddie well, cause he you, he, he, Yeah, because Bill, Bill Cosby uh, is a personal idol of Eddie Murphy, I, so he wasn't going to make fun of him like that.
0: Right. I messed what was said. Sorry, I messed hmm. it up.
3: It's all good.
1: All right. So now Ben Fagan is an American musician and television personality who was the winner of the reality show, PM, Private Mothers. <laughs> <clears throat>
0: Nope. Post-menopausal,
1: Pun- punk, punctual mathematicians. <laughs> nope. Uh, poop monkeys. Oh, no, not, not really. No. Nope. Remember that show? Porpoise any-
0: manufacturers.
1: Uh, you're gonna say something else? I-
3: Pirate master. What? Pirate master was the name of the show. That's what he won.
1: Are you kidding?
2: Nope. I like. I, like I, I feel like there. I'm going crazy because <laughs> I don't see this one either. <laughs>
1: Are
3: you on the... How? What happened? Did you open up some kind of alternate dimension where you're in another time, or another show notes?
2: I'm the only one on this copy of the show notes. What the hell is going on?
3: Where did you go? Yeah, you're not up there. What happened?
0: Josh has ended up in Silent Hill. All
3: right, Mark mark this time, Mike. We're going to have to pause for a second. How did he disappear? I'm...
1: Okay, so... Where were we? Uh, Sports. No, I don't believe that there was actually a show called Pirate Pirate Monkey? Pirate Masters? Pirate Masters. What happened on this show?
2: Prolapsed. Prolapsed menopause. Ooh. <laughs> Ew! Uh. Ah! Yeah, the king is back, baby. <laughs> that's Prolapsed ter- minotaur. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> even
3: better.
4: That's a great. Yeah, you band. can have the crown.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's a big pink crown. Um, he was born on February twenty eighth, nineteen eighty four, in Boston, Massachusetts. That's ter- uh, how pirate. What happened on pirate master?
0: Previously, on Pirate Master. Did
1: any of us that ever see this? That's what happened on Pirate Master. Okay, well, we'll look that up later. I got it. I'll probably forget about it way. Uh In sport, Carl uh, Lewis sets a world record for the indoor long jump at eight point six seven five meters on February twenty seventh. That is a long friggin' jump. And it's
3: still yeah, still unbroken. Really? It's,
1: yep. Wow. Hence the clever he's, name.
2: Some, some people say he's still <laughs> jumping today. <laughs>
3: <laughs> if you listen that. closely, you can hear him jumping in the wind. You can hear the whooshing.
1: <laughs> okay, and on I'll
4: call <laughs>
1: March 3rd, Peter Ustinov is elected baseball commissioner <laughs> to be effective 10-1. So not Ustinov. I know. Ustinoff. I'm not even trying that name. Uberoth. Oh, yeah. There uh, we go. <laughs>
0: poor Peter Ustinov. <laughs> he never had a chance.
1: All right. So he's I he's, don't
3: even know what this baseball is. <laughs> Wasn't he in
1: never mind. Pirate Masters? <laughs> <laughs> he won season two of Pirate Masters Prolapse Minotaur. He just thought he was doing Blackbeard's Ghost again and he won. <laughs> All right. So Pee Wee Reese and Rick Farrell sounds <laughs> elected to baseball's Hall of Fame on March fourth. They wow. were soon impeached yes all right enough of this <clears throat>
3: <laughs> mike has had enough of this another another successful this weekend yeah i've had enough of this crap we do need exit music just so you can take a drink yeah
1: <laughs> all right so main show footloose 1984 a city teenager moves to a small town where rock music and dancing have been banned, banned. and his rebellious spirit shakes up the populace shakes up the populace in a world where dancing <laughs> is banned one man will bring it back forrest one whitaker one is Ren
0: mccormick forrest
1: i'm
2: Whitt- so angry i gotta dance <laughs> You've got
1: my eye on Wonka. <laughs> You're so crazy, I want nothing to do with you.
0: Co-starring Aaron Neville as Gilly. Willard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Aaron Neville? <laughs> still oh, think and it's Weird so... Al Yankovic as the preacher. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I still think Aaron Neville's voice sometimes sounds like a creaky door.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared,
0: honey. Turn off the music. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay, oh, okay. The
2: actual stars are, of course, Kevin Bacon and Wren. Laurie Singer as Ariel. A very, very tiny Laurie Singer.
0: Yes, indeed. And a very tiny Kevin Bacon.
2: True. L- and a not as tiny, but still brilliant <laughs> John Lithgow as Reverend Shaw Moore.
1: And Aaron Neville. At this As the Beaver,
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Diane Weist, uh, looking great. Look at this life.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: Jesus where Christ, it's cool. honey, honey, close the I door. Hate a Aaron and you're making me talk about it. Stop it! I hate. It.
1: <laughs> All right, hey, don't be a Van Dyke. I won't be. A <laughs>
3: <laughs> I didn't want to. St- I didn't want to talk about how much I hate him because I'm like Mike's going to play it if I do.
1: All right, here comes the clouds.
2: Speaking of tiny actors at this point, this is an unusually tiny version of Chris Penn in this film. <laughs> yeah.
1: And even tinier, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker.
2: Yeah, this Sarah. is a hot Sarah Jessica Parker before she started morphing into a horse.
0: This would have been like Sarah Je- Jessica Horseface around Square Peg's time.
1: Yeah. this. I mean, this, this is her. and She's just friggin' adorable in this.
2: Yeah, she looked great.
1: <clears throat> so... That's what you get for aging, Sarah, so stop that.
2: Well, I think she tried, and she tried so hard that she turned herself into a horse. Is that what happens? Yeah, I I think that's what happens when your plastic surgery goes bad. They just put a horse
1: horse head on your body. You
2: become a reverse centaur.
1: (laughs) All right. It
3: becomes a prolapse minotaur. (laughs) A centaur.
1: Oh my God. Okay. So we'll do a little trivia and then we'll go to whether we'll talk about this. So the scenes where Chris Penn's character had to learn how to dance were added to the script because Penn really could not dance.
3: I'm not really sure that he could at the end of the movie either.
1: Well, yeah, dance in quotes. <clears throat> but. I
3: don't
2: know. I mean, some of the bits in the "Let's Hear It for the Boy" <laughs> dance number, like some were really awkward, but like near the end, there was some good stuff. Yeah. That's when oh the yeah. Started
0: to kick in.
1: Yeah, I think I think my whole my favorite scene of that whole montage had to be where they're walking through the school wearing the headphones. Yes. And he's bobbing completely to a beat that obviously doesn't exist, and Kevin Bacon turns around just giving him the "what the fuck" look. <laughs> <laughs> like, really, man.
3: Like, are you even listening to the same song? <laughs>
1: like, we're, we're plugged into the same Walkman, man. How could you possibly be hearing anything else? Um I saw the dress as white and gold. And, <laughs> and- <laughs> uh, with the principal's knowledge, a 24-year-old Kevin Bacon attended Payson, Utah High School as Ren McCormick, a transfer student from Philadelphia, to get into his role. With his narrow tie and new wave haircut, he was treated pretty much like he was in the film.
2: That's awesome.
1: Bacon gratefully left with the location scouts on the afternoon of the first day. <laughs> Went back to high school was like, screw this. I'm out. <laughs> they're they're going to kick my ass. <laughs> right. I got my ass kicked in Boston. Um,
0: <laughs> the kids go see the movie. They're like, is this a documentary? Holy! I God. remember him. He was in our class. Fuck like
1: a day. Um, And then offered to play Ariel Moore was also Daryl Hannah. Elizabeth McGovern, uh, who turned it down to play be in t- being, uh, Once Upon a Time in America, and uh, Daryl Hanna turned it down to play Madison in Splash, which I think was a good move. Yeah, I was going to say, both of them seem to have made good choices. Yeah.
3: yeah. And that actually <coughs> was the number one movie after Footloose.
1: Splash? or Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Melanie Griffith? Eh? Maybe? I couldn't see it. Michelle Pfeiffer? Couldn't see it. Jamie Lee Curtis? Not enough death. Roseanne I'd like Ar- to see it. Roseanne Arquette? Yeah, yeah. Me- Meg Tilly, nah. Uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus. She could have played the Sarah Jessica Horseface part. I agree. Yeah. Heather Locklear. Heather Locklear? No.
4: Can... Yeah.
3: Yeah, I no. think she could have done it. She yeah. could have yeah. played
1: Ren. <laughs> uh, Meg Ryan, nah. No. Uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Jodie Foster. What? Phoebe mm. Cates. Oh. Tatum O'Neill.
3: Anything to put Phoebe Cates in more movies in the '80s. I'm I'm poor.
1: Bridget Fonda. What? How old was Bridget Fonda when was this came gonna out? I was going
3: to say, she seems a little younger than
2: the rest of these. She was a very tall 12-year-old.
1: <laughs> Lori Lachlan, Diane Lane, and Brooke Shields. But they all turned it down. Obviously. Yes.
0: <laughs> Otherwise, so, it would have been a really confusing movie if they were so, all playing Ariel.
1: Good for you, Lori Singer. You were the 13th choice. <laughs> Being Ariel Moore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this
2: this doesn't seem right. Like Whoever puts uh, Bridget Fonda in for the casting, that seems wrong. I mean, I
1: don't yeah, know. I guess see.
2: her first acting role was in, like,
1: 69 as a kid. <clears throat> her first, yeah, her first acting role was in Easy Rider. Yeah. So, and she was, how old was she? How old is she? When was she born? Why am I asking? Uh, She was born in 64. Wow. Say, yeah, so she would have been Rider, right. I had a
3: mouthful of food, so I couldn't say anything. Sorry. But, Mer- yeah, Easy Rider was in 69, she was one of the kids in the commune, so she had to be about five or six yeah.
2: Yep. Okay. So I guess maybe she would have been the right age because it's only what five years later she was in Twenty One Jump
1: Street. Yeah, she would have been all right. So, but yeah, no, I just always I always imagine Bridget Fonda being this kid.
2: Well, and plus, like, she looks like she's in her late teens, early twenties, like as late as playing Jackie Brown. Yeah. So I, I guess I just assumed that she was a heck of a lot younger if she looks that young in
1: nineteen ninety seven. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh footloose. The and fancy free Ren comes into town, shakes things up in his yellow VW bug playing Metal Health. Drive you mad. Everybody loves Quiet Riot. Oh yeah. Except not to, anymore. Yeah, not in that town. Well
3: I They probably didn't even know what Quiet Riot was at that point.
1: Well they knew what Slaughterhouse Five was.
3: No, I'm talking about the kids <coughs> because they weren't allowed to listen to that kind of music. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that was really awkward, the whole like Slaughterhouse Five thing.
1: That oh, the- comment for Mr. Jackass Bowtie, do you read? That's Kurt fucking Vonnegut, man. Mm-hmm. It's a classic. Yep. So, Not but, this town. Yeah, that, I mean, the, honestly, yes, I can kind of buy that this town existed back then.
3: Well, of course it did, because they wouldn't have had book burnings. I mean, this there there were people that thought like this. There's, there, you can't deny it. It was a part of A part of our history.
2: Well, it was based on a true story, sort of. Wait, what? Yeah.
3: Yes. It
2: was based on, uh, oh, the town was not actually Beaumont. I want to say the town wasn't, oh, heck, I just had this. It wasn't real at all. No, it was a real town that uh, only ended their ban on dancing in, I want to say, 1980. Yep. It was like a
1: 90-year
3: ban.
0: Jeez, oh, Pete. Yeah. What, are they killed in a horse and buggy accident? <clears throat>
2: oh, so there are
3: there are just straight up religions that forbid dancing, period.
0: Yeah,
2: most of them don't, don't, don't need an accident. Yeah. 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 Most of them are like Mennonites and uh Amish,
3: Amish type. and oh. ultra Presbyterian.
1: Sure. Seventh day Adventists.
3: Yeah. That's Oprah Ed- Winfrey The cult of Oprah. Mm-hmm. Also known as Koo. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> the Cult of Oprah. C O O uh,
0: Oh. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I remember, I remember this movie for, as a kid. It's mainly for, I think, the soundtrack more than anything else. Um, yes. Because, I mean, every song, well, almost every song from the movie was a, a hit single or either was before or was after the movie. Um, I yeah, didn't...
2: I was just listening to XM Radio the other day, and they had a long string of the big songs from this. And uh, I remember thinking that <clears throat> Dancing in the Sheets was a terrible song, but all the rest of them are pretty good.
3: Yep, I agree with that.
1: Yeah, Dancing in the Sheets is pretty bad. Let's hear it for the boy. That was really, you know, that was good. My kids, all the kids that. at the
3: drive thru loved it though.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got to say, for a town that has a ban on dancing, adults are pretty much oblivious to everything going on around them.
2: <clears throat> yeah, but I think that's kind of the way it is, especially with the adults so seriously in denial about where their kids are developmentally. Mm hmm. I mean, they're concerned about what the kids are reading, and then you get the girls alone in the car, and they're talking about teenage pregnancy and drugs and who they're going to have sex with next. And you're—it's very clear that the parents are not tuned into the same station as the kids.
1: They're—they're mm-hmm. they're too worried about burning books out of the library where none of the kids go. Right because they're too and, busy and out some, having they, uh,
3: uh, somehow every kid in that town knows how to dance even though they're not allowed
0: to choreography danced choreography yeah.
3: danced. Like they've spent a lot of time putting their dances together for a town that doesn't allow dancing right i,
1: I can't do this now but when when this is lifted man i'm gonna tear it up <sighs>
3: <laughs> they're all secretly rehearsing together <laughs> And appar- It looks like
2: uh, the events in this film were inspired by the dancing band in the heavily Southern Baptist town of
1: Elmore City, Oklahoma. Why am I not surprised it was heavily Baptist? So, for our one Baptist listener, I apologize.
2: Well, uh, he's probably not in Elmore City, Oklahoma, because the uh, census in 2010 said there were 697 people
0: in
3: Elmore City.
1: Oh, okay. Well, then we can
3: safely, you know, make fun of them all we want. And
0: 693 of them are cousins. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's so where eHarmony is a dating site. It is, isn't it? Yeah. What was I thinking of? I don't know. What's the one where you look up your ancestors? Ancestry.com is a, that's yeah. what I meant. Don't
2: use that as a dating site.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> I retract my statement, fill that in for me. Um, it's a
3: funny joke if it would, it would have been executed correctly.
1: True, you would know. Um, <laughs> so apparently in this town, if you call the cowboy homosexual, he becomes friends with you.
2: I think that that was a a moment of like he stood up to me instead of wussing out. You think? Yeah. yeah I mean of...
3: there there are people that are like that that like they give you more respect to you if you stand up to them, if you show them a little that you, you know, you're not going to cower or
1: whatever. Okay. I'll buy it. But if you make one wise-ass crack to the 35-year-old dude who shows up at the high school to pick up the girl, he t- he challenges you to a tractor chicken? Tractor chicken? Yeah. Yeah. The hell kind of th- pat you you live in the south is tractor chicken a thing?
3: No. No.
2: Okay, but yeah, maybe in a tiny, tiny town where there's nothing else to do, I could buy it. And I definitely could see the guy who is in his 20s or 30s picking up high school chicks being more self-conscious to a minor insult from a kid than the actual, like, semi-popular high school kid. Mm.
3: Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, I do, I have, I when I grew up, I spent a lot of time in small towns out here in Texas, and there, there's... There's a lot of truth to the way that they were portraying the life there because, I mean, in this area of Tomball, Texas, where I went to high school, I'm not joking when I say on Fridays and Saturdays, these kids spend literally hours just driving from the Sonic... To the Whataburger and back and forth and back and forth. And that's what they were, they was just like a parade of cars and like you'd drop, you'd get out in a couple stops, you know, they, they, sometimes they'd pull, some of them would pull over in different stops and like people would just hang out in the parking lots of these fast food restaurants. And that was your Friday and Saturday night because they weren't old enough to go drinking anywhere and they didn't, you know, they didn't have money to go do anything. So they just all go drove ahead. around, hung out.
0: Back this story up um, because, well, you guys met my friend Martha. Um, She lives in a very small town in Kansas, and I used to go up there and visit her. And they had a main street, and the main street was approximately three blocks long. And I went over there for over a weekend, and she's like, well, I'm like, what do you do for fun here? And she's like, well, we'll go down and, and cruise main street. So I'm like, all right. So we go down there, and just like Pat's talking about, people are cruising up and down main street. The only difference was is there was no... Sonic or anything, the town was too small, so people would just pull off into the parking lot in front of, like, the bank or the 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 hardware store or whatever, and park, get out, hang out for a little bit, then get back in, drive up and down the street, and if you really wanted to get crazy, then you hopped in your car, you drove down the back roads to the cemetery, and then drove back. What
1: I don't you- realize how lucky we are, Josh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well... <laughs> I
2: mean, when I when I was growing up in uh, Cicero, it was not so much like driving up and down the street. It was like ducking down the alleys, trying to avoid the drive bys. Mm. But so it was a different kind of terrible.
1: Yeah, I can give that mine was mine was pretty much hanging out at Denny's all hours of the night or whatever a twenty four hour restaurant was open at the time. But I, ne- but, I mean, I, I know that <clears> – <throat> I know, like, Suzanne grew up in dang, Mount Vernon, Illinois, and she was – you know, the big thing was to hang out in the parking lot of the Wendy's. You know, everybody just parked there and hung out. And even they had, like, a movie theater and stuff. But apparently the big thing to do is hang out in Wendy's parking lot.
2: Yeah, for us the big thing to do is not get shot by 2226 or the Latin Kings. I, I
0: don't know how to math, so <laughs> –
1: I would have been shot for sure. I'm glad that's not in Roman numerals, man. I'd be screwed. (laughs) Uh, Could you imagine how long it would take to tag that in Roman numerals?
0: (laughs) So anyway, yes, the movie did a good job of depicting what small town life was for a guy that's kind of, you know, a fish out of water.
2: Yeah, I agree. Like, especially the people that seem to randomly take a dislike to him for no reason. I mean, occasionally he was just an asshole. I mean, Mm -hmm. that was pretty much his strategy for interacting with anybody. Uh, even his friends, the first time he meets everybody, as Mike pointed out, he's kind of a
1: douche to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you can get past the douche layer, hey, he's pretty cool. You know, it, dances, that's what it's like
3: meeting me.
0: Tiffany dances his angry emotions away. That's <laughs> that not was what's
3: like meeting me. Yeah, I'm different in that way.
2: Yeah. yeah, that was like the first thing. Like, I was digging the movie in some ways. I was like, okay, this is a little dated, but this is an '80s kid fish out of water like drama teen movie and we see this formula over and over again and we see it again in the karate kid Mm -hmm. kind of the same situation kid has to move is not happy new school trying to fit in there's always the teenage bully and i was kind of digging it in that particular narrow 1980s film genre and then we get to angry dancing
1: yeah it was just like iron eagle
2: (coughs) oh yeah
0: (laughs) when Louis Gossett junior does the angry dance yeah step back
1: (laughs) step back No, I mean, I agree. He he does play the fish out of water thing well. I mean, he does, you know, I'm a douche, get past this type of thing. Um, As Pat commented in our chat earlier, Pastor's Daughter is just batshit crazy.
2: That is 100% accurate.
1: That yeah. girl, she I mean. She
3: has a serious, serious death wish. And not even like yeah. like a, a like a joke death wish. Like, if he hadn't saved her from the train, the train was going to kill her.
2: If well, She's if got
0: he a had, case of the PKs.
3: I if, was
2: going to say, I don't know how many PKs you guys hung out
3: with. <laughs> All of
2: them. Oh, yeah. But yeah, this, uh, I had no problems believing any of that. Especially when you tack on the, like, uh, daddy issues and older brother
1: who died. Yeah. yeah.
3: There were, there were several things that made sense about it, but she I mean, yeah, it was a serious, serious death wish.
1: Yeah, and I hung out most with plenty of PKs
3: were just, you know, that I knew were just, you know, sluts. <laughs> they didn't want to die. <laughs> but,
1: yeah, this is like, like... PK distilled.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. She is one hundred percent pure PK. Yeah, yeah, don't be
1: snorting that shit. You gotta cut that with something.
2: <laughs> yeah. Definitely the most extreme like example of all the problems that come with being the child of a pastor. So mm-hmm.
1: And and going to, to pass her, yeah, John Lithgow. Okay, I'm gonna say he's friggin' amazing in this movie. I mean, he, I think he, as a, as a as a father, just when he when he sees her at the drive-in, and he's just like sees her listening to this music that he has, you know, claimed, you know, said is not to be listened to, completely breaking every single rule that this man lives by, and he just stands there, watches her, is like, your mom thought you needed some yeah. money. Here's hands her the money, and just walks away. Yeah, I I had forgotten,
2: like, when he first gives his original sermons, I was like, okay, he's the stock 1980s bad guy, and he's gonna preach against the evils of rock and roll. I vaguely remember this movie, and then we get into seeing him portrayed with a shocking amount of emotional pain and working through his problems by overcompensating, trying to protect all of the children the only way he can figure out how.
1: Yeah, I was not expecting as much of a a character shift for what I anticipated also. I did not...
3: I cannot help but think that that was just John Lithgow himself like forcing that to happen. I don't know if that had to be in the script.
1: Well, I mean, whatever script they gave him, I mean, John Lithgow is a a great actor. I mean, comedy, drama, whatever... Yeah. I mean, he's, I'll I'll watch anything with John Lithgow in it. In this one, though, I mean, he did, I mean, give you a amazing amount of backstory and you actually felt bad for the guy. He wasn't like, you know, the, you expect him to be the big, Oh, you got, you kids got me the, you know, the dance, the, the town center is going to be constructed because your dance off sick, you know, raise the money or whatever. But, you know, you actually feel bad for him at the end, especially when, uh, Bowtie McAsshole is burning books and he gets there and he's like, what the hell? Uh, Have we time. all lost our minds? Yeah, he's like, yeah. "What? How did this happen?" You know, I wanted, you know, this is, you know, what he comes up. He's like, "What gives you the right to do this?" And he realizes he, he was
3: a much more well-rounded, sympathetic character than than I remember him being from when I watched this movie when I was a kid.
2: Hundred mm-hmm. percent. And I thought at first like that they were wasting the talents of Diane Weist, but then we get to the third act and she starts oh. just knocking them down. Yeah, that,
1: the whole conversation I, they be- had be- in before,
3: bed. Be- wait, before we move on in this movie, I do want to go back to talking about the uh, warehouse dancing.
1: Okay. Okay. The angry
3: because, dance. Yes, just because I mean, I remember when I was a kid and I watched this movie, and I remember thinking, "Man, that was such a badass scene." <laughs>
4: <And> <laughs> no,
3: it started coming up, and I just something in me. I just knew as soon as it started, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be all."
0: <laughs> all of a sudden, Pat's like the glow, the glow, the glow, the glow, glow. <laughs> <laughs> the glow, the
4: glow, the
1: glow well, the glow, the glow, first glow. off, when it started, it, it was not to the music that you were expecting it to be. Right? Is that, I mean, everybody, when you see that dance scene, I you was see expecting the guys, it's
0: raining men, so. <laughs>
1: So you were right, um, but no. When you see, when you think of the dance scene in, oh, remember that the warehouse dance scene in Footloose. Immediately, you think he's dancing to the song Footloose.
3: Oh no, Tara! Uh, I remember what it was because I used to listen to this soundtrack all the time. So I had
1: to oh yeah, no, I I was not I was not ready for that. But that was a that
3: I, I thought you just in general, you 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 thought that it was going to be a good song.
1: <laughs> no,
2: oh, I, I think it is a pretty good song. Oh, I, I hate that. song. What song was I mean, it? I, I used to mix this song up with uh, Tina Turner's We Don't Need Another
1: Hero.
4: I need a like hero. I'm holding no, hero. No, he didn't sing. No,
3: he, no. this was never. Was it? Oh. Yeah, it was oh. no I Need a Hero yeah, was with the tractor ramming.
2: That's right. Oh, you're right. I had them yep. mixed up. I, I retract my statement about it being a good song, it was only okay.
1: Yeah, see yeah. that's the thing, is like you think it's this awesome song. I need a hero. No, that's that was the tractor scene. I mean yeah, it was
2: the chicken tractor. Yeah. Yeah, which was you're again, absolutely right. I had already replaced it with a better song in my mind and I just saw it yesterday.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um
0: Josh is rewriting soundtracks in his brain.
1: I have seen interviews with Kevin Bacon where his kids have seen the movie and they'd be like, Daddy, dance like that. You know, and then he's like, well, you know, I can't. (laughs) That's not Daddy.
3: Do flips through the air, Daddy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No.
1: Launch yourself like a bird three times in a row.
3: (laughs) Throw yourself dramatically into the walls.
1: That was kind of. Yeah. That was kind of reminiscent
3: of an aha video.
1: Yeah, but at least he was, you know, had people, you know, that were kicking it is his like ass. there's a
3: it's an AHA video, like there's a, another one? <laughs> like
1: there's more than one.
3: Like, it should be the AHA video.
0: Take there's more than on one. me. Uh-huh. And their sequel, take off me.
3: So, yeah, that? That, that, I just, it was, it was really funny to watch it as an adult. And, yeah, that, that scene does not hold up. It was not quite so badass and rebellious, you know, watching him dance as an adult.
0: No, not so much. Yeah. Now, if that scene would have been in Tremors... <laughs> oh god, we gotta do the Tremors movie.
1: A oh, tremors we show. That's, yeah, we'll get to it. Uh, yeah. okay. So
0: the, when the new one comes out.
1: Yes. So they've got the uh <clears throat> they've got the dance scene. We were back talking to uh Diane West. Am I saying her last name correct? Weist. Diane Weist. weist. As, weist. isn't it weist? weist? No, it's Weist. Weist? Okay. Um Josh, I'm pretty sure it's Weist. Yeah. Okay. Band no. Was,
3: I, yeah. I, I don't know. I was asking. I thought it was Weiss. I've always said Weiss. I wasn't sure.
1: But I agree with you, Josh. That whole conversation that they were having when they were in bed was just yeah. like you know, you
0: know, who John Lithgow and Kevin Bacon.
1: Are, were you watching <laughs> you the right movie? I think you were watching something uh, different again. <laughs>
3: I, he was. He was watching Six Degrees Up, Kevin Bacon.
1: Oh, there you go. No, I mean she's really good as the 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 voice of reason in his head.
3: Yeah.
2: Especially considering, like, she admits that what her daughter said is right. She's been keeping her mouth shut. She's been loyal. She's been the perfect preacher's wife. But it, now it's time to say something, or they're going to lose their daughter, and she's going to allow the town to keep
1: losing its mind. Yeah. How'd you like that? The uh, argument between the. And she, uh, and she almost
3: gives him, kind of, gives him permission to change his mind on the issue as well.
1: Yeah. How about that conversation between. Um, uh, Ariel and dad in the church.
3: Yeah.
4: It was rough. you say Ariel?
1: Yeah.
3: That is why I am glad I don't have children, that scene right there, because I'm like, oh, God. Like, yeah. That would just break my heart. <laughs>
1: I'll tell you, coming from the Ariel side of that, I dropped that bomb on my parents when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, you know so much about me, you don't even know I'm not a virgin. Okay. Oh, yeah. Then, that was three years ago, too. Yeah. <laughs> and then my dad threw a steamer trunk at me. No. <laughs> Um, but no, got myself sad for a second. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no. Okay. So with the, I, uh, again, I did not expect the, con- the speech that he made in front of the council to be, it was actually pretty good.
2: Yeah. You know, I mean, I was thinking, yeah, this movie's pretty cheesy and, uh, I'm pro it's probably not going to hold up, but aside from angry dancing, this was better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I was and set I up really to be disappointed. I, I really do like that they, they didn't do the old trope of you know he, he convinces everybody at the meeting. It was kind of cool that he he has his impassioned speech impassioned speech and it doesn't work.
2: Right, he loses anyway. Nope. Yeah.
3: yeah,
2: and then it was just, I mean
3: that, that's something have you don't see in a play. lot of '80s movies. You know, I mean, one crazy summer. You know, they come up with a crazy scheme and it works. You know, I mean, all these other movies but there but, was
0: a montage. <laughs> there were a couple. <laughs> yes, montages. There was a montage.
3: Always a montage. And Gotta have a montage, <laughs> and the
2: dance numbers, both at the cowboy bar and at the end, were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Better than I remember. I also remember uh, being unusually spellbound
1: by the dancing feet at the
2: beginning. But
3: it was. It was. Look away. Yeah, it was such an original opening at that point because nobody had done anything like that in a movie.
1: Yeah, and according to the uh, the trivia, all those feet were crew and uh, crew. Huh. All the background people—they just videoed their feet dancing so like motley crew yes that was motley crew and where job.
3: did the kid learn to pop and lock like that in a town where you can't dance at all
1: they
0: all seem to have that knowledge
3: but i mean especially the pop and locker because that's something you have to practice a lot there's no that's- internet he can't watch videos on how to do it
2: it's what he was doing in his room all that time his mom thought he was masturbating
3: <laughs> the guy has never once masturbated every time he's just popping and locking in his,
0: room. <laughs> his mom catches him she's like i wish you were masturbating <laughs>
3: Why can't you masturbate like your brother? He's over in the corner <laughs> masturbating to watching him pop and lock. Oh
0: God, <laughs> this has gone to a terrible place. <laughs> this took a turn. John, <laughs> John Lithgow has that same speech that he has at the book burning. <laughs> what the hell has happened here?
4: How did we get to this? <laughs> <laughs> and then some
0: kid goes, "I learned it by watching you." All right,
4: I think it just broke went loose too.
1: <laughs> so here's here's another question. This uh, bow tie, McAsshole. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, we lost him, didn't we? <laughs> so
2: brilliant. Oh, Jesus. Um, Why are we not millionaires?
0: We do a show. Okay, yes. Bowtie Castle.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm back.
1: You're back? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bowtie <laughs> No, Oh, he's asshole. not.
3: I'm done. I'm done. I'm back. No, you're not. Good. Yeah. Good.
0: Finish yeah.
1: the thought.
3: No, we're done. We're <laughs> done. No, Mike's thought. Oh, yeah. Right? I learned about you.
1: <laughs> Thank
4: you. Do you are right?
1: like. So Wait, uh, just no. The, yeah. Uh, so this they burn. Apparently, they storm the library, go in there and just start grabbing books they don't like and throwing them in this trash bin that's on fire. I may be wrong, but there's some criminal charges to be pressed there. I would think so. Yes. Especially destroying, considering...
3: destroying state property,
1: possibly. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and then and, and John is like, just go home. Frank, you know, Bowtie McAsshole, go home. Bowtie McAsshole's wife, go home. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, and wait for the cops to show up.
3: Yeah. Or at least go home and have sex with each other. Like, calm down a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, it wasn't explicitly stated, but I got the uh,
2: distinct impression that the guy with the bowtie and his shrill wife, they were the parents of one of the other kids killed in the accident. Maybe. Yeah, I could see like, that.
3: Ah, good read.
2: What state I mean, that was in? not explicitly stated, but I think you can reasonably infer that. Do we know what
1: state this happened in?
2: Um there a lot of people wonder that, and it is never explicitly stated. It's placed somewhere in the Midwest where there are farm towns. Uh so we'll go The through. remake talks about Beaumont being in Tennessee. But and, their sign
3: had to teach on it, which made me leave made made me believe it was Georgia until they said Tennessee.
2: Right. But he so, said he
3: doesn't wear Tennessee orange.
1: Ah, uh, that's right.
2: And in this one, the production <clears> was filmed in in and around Utah, but it was based on a town in Oklahoma. So you could probably reasonably guess that it was also supposed to be set in Oklahoma.
1: All right, just because I'm looking to see what malicious or injury or it criminal could pro- Nebra-
3: it could be. Nebraska, because Br- Nebraska is like the love child of Utah and Oklahoma.
2: Okay, what? welcome to Nebraska. We're sorry. <laughs>
1: That'd be more like Wyoming.
2: No, that was a South Park
3: reference.
0: hmm. Welcome to Wyoming. No one lives here.
1: I'm waiting to say, I'm trying to figure Wait. out what the heck the, uh, oh, here we go. Penal code. The he- penal. Oh, that's a lot of words. I don't want to read that. Um, <laughs> What are you doing? No, I'm right? trying. I'm looking to see what the charges of like break. Well, it's breaking and entering. And oh god, you're looking. Yeah, I wanted to see what the hell. What do you to
3: prosecute t- these fake people in this movie from 1984? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't
1: like Bowtie McAsshole at all in this movie. I find him to be extremely well, in annoying. in your
3: head. You can imagine this imaginary man is in jail for the rest of his life, getting fucked,
1: and have Jimmy Stewart well, be that the make lawyer you happy.
3: That
0: him
1: away. Well, and also like the wait, guy's wait, uncle wait,
3: wait. was kind of a douchebag to him too. Yeah, that yeah. really bothered me. How much of a douche that guy was?
1: When they chuck a brick through your window saying "burn in hell," and you turn to him and you're instead of calling the cops, you like this is your fault.
3: Yeah, exactly. Let's not blame the guy who threw the brick. Let's get yeah. mad at the, guy, <laughs> at the kid who wants to have a dance. Is, <laughs> this kid is obviously from
1: Satan. Because yeah, that's it's rational.
2: Like, it's like, yeah, I, I, my business is suffering. They fired your mom and they're throwing bricks through our window. You are obviously the problem here.
0: <laughs> that would be a really good time for them to use Brick House as part of the music in the background. Wait,
1: what just
3: happened? <laughs> or they could have gone right into the baby.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I was a little late on that. All right. Have we have we talked this one out, guys? That's what she said.
3: Um, What about the big dance number? Oh, the, dance number the at the end. and everything? Yes the fight was pretty fun
2: yeah i i really did think that that was pretty cool the way it was set up where uh a re- we had already had established that chris penn's character had a history of getting into trouble and he'd broke uh, sort of broken his promise to rusty already once with the whole like hey i came with that girl don't look like you're leaving with her
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> when Was the last time you saw your dick that's great response getting into the fight but uh, yeah, they have this. So they have the dance going on, and he gets there, and uh, the thirty-five-year-old dude shows up. I forgot his name. <laughs> and, and why
0: didn't anybody press charges against that douchebag when he beat up uh horseman or not? Well, back face. in the
3: back yeah. in the day, it, it, you used to be able to just get into a fistfight with people and not get shot, not get thrown in jail, anything. You know, you just took your ass whooping and left.
1: But he beat well, up a woman. Yeah, he beat up the girl.
3: I'm talking about girls too. shit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What is this,
0: Mad Men or something? What is going on?
1: Texas. It's a whole new world. (laughs) You can beat your wife if you want (laughs) to. But don't be mad
3: if she beats you back.
1: So, dance goes on. Apparently, these guys still have a hard-on for the fact that this dance is going on. And I don't understand why. I mean, it's not like you, you show up and you... You, what are you going to do? You're going to break up the dance and the thing that everybody knows is going on in the, in the town at this time. You're going to show up and rattle the cage and think nothing is going to happen.
2: Well, I think there are whole ideas like, all right, this is the event this kid's been working towards the whole time. This is the thing that's making him, a name for him in, his, in this town. I'm going to take him down a peg by beating the shit out of him.
1: Yeah. Penn had a okay. sweet suit on, though. Velvet with the impress with like the plaid impress. That was pretty cool. But I like
2: cleaning too.
1: Yeah, I know. Everything was self clean. I like, but I, you're right, Josh. I like how he waited for her to say it's okay to get into a fight before he started fighting back.
2: And in fact, she said, kill the bastards. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love that line.
1: Yeah. And then they go in and they find that the cameraman has been abducted and replaced with giant bubble layover. <laughs> that was kind of distracting. And glitter everywhere.
2: Yeah, it was raining glitter. Like, it probably and took years, like, uh, Kevin Bacon's probably still picking glitter <laughs> out of his skin.
3: Well, that's why That's why I hate glitter, actually, because I did that once in the 80s. I walked into a, the Country Western nightclub and threw a big bucket of glitter and said, Let's dance! And they all looked at me real weird and threw me out. And I had to pick glitter out of myself for, like, four years.
0: Like I said, and then Carrie showed up. I don't know.
1: They're all going to laugh at you.
3: Yeah, we got that, it. That may or Let's may see. not have happened. That didn't
1: happen. So, Josh, do Wait, you um, want to take a little break now? I'm already gone. <laughs> 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 All right. Did we'll we be... talk about the tractor race? Oh, yeah. We yeah, we talked about the tractor, tractor race. Chicken. Tractor chicken.
3: This movie, I I mean, I, I liked it. I, I give it a thumbs up. I really
4: I, I it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I also thought it was cool that in Tractor Chicken, this is something we kind of glazed over. He didn't win because it was a bigger badass. He won because his shoelace
3: shoelace got, got, yep. got stuck on and the that's throttle. How a lot of big legends about people get started just happenstance like that. Something random happens, and next thing you know, you're legendary.
1: Yep, or you're dead. And and I, I the, okay. One the last pop. thing about the tractor chicken <clears throat> is after he dumped the, tra- the tractor in the in the uh, river, that asshole tried to run me over. You're play. You challenged you him did, to
0: chicken you,
3: dick. You were trying <laughs> to run him over too. Did you not <laughs> realize that? Yeah.
0: That was sort of the point.
3: <laughs> uh. That's the joke.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. But wait till we talk about what they did in the remake. Yeah, yes. I wasn't
2: looking forward to watching these, but uh, at least for the original, I was pleasantly surprised. Oh, spoilers. Okay. Break. Break? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes.
1: Three, two, one. Hey, folks. What?
3: That <laughs> was just <laughs> a fucked up countdown. That was a great
1: countdown. Six,
3: five, four I, I was
1: watching the sound waves that Contact. I was making. So, anyway. It's the people. You're like
3: Bernadette Peters counting down in the jerk. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: a good. Sick reference. Bro. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Your references are off the hook.
3: Everybody knows that. <laughs>
1: All right, so Footloose 2011. Holy crap. Um, (laughs) It's the same same thing. Uh, Teenage Ren McCormick moves to a small town where rock music and dancing have been banned, and his rebellious spirit shakes up the populace. Uh, Kenny Wormald? Wormald. Wormald? That's a name that'll take you places. Seriously.
3: <laughs> yeah. Maybe sometimes it's good to go back to the fifties where they changed their last names a little bit.
1: Yes, for known for such things as uh center stage, what, turn oh, it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh Clerks Two. Who the hell was he in Clerks Two?
3: Guy who orders food.
2: I think he's best known as a clone of Iceman from Top Gun.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, here we go. Drew Carey Show, 2002, he was dancer number 10. Uh, You Got Served, he was dancer. Clerks 2, he was dancer. And then he was in a TV series called Dance Life.
3: Mm. Is this guy a dancer?
0: Oh, he's a dancer. Yeah.
3: Or is he a dancer? They're
1: ice pirates. Um, (laughs) I didn't catch um, that.
3: So it's a profit game.
1: Yes, and uh, Julianne Ho, Ho, who Huff. 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 the hell? Oh, Julianne Ho. <laughs> oh, well, she was. <laughs> she's Korean. Uh, known for such things as Burlesque. dancing with the stars. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rock of Ages.
3: Yeah, yeah she, yeah. she and she's trying to become a country singer.
1: Uh, Harry, Harry Potter and, and the Sorcerer's Stone. She was and in that.
3: Very, very gorgeous. That's what she's known for. I oh.
1: Yeah, and another basket of crazy. Uh, the yeah, one.
2: though not as crazy as the original.
1: Yeah, she definitely was like the light version of the crazy. I mean, when they did the whole, the what was supposed to be the equivalent of standing between the two vehicles going down the country road with the Mack truck coming full at you, turned into, I'm going to lean out the window with this flag while he drives a victory lap.
3: But well, I think they were kind of worried about the whole, you know, how the PC movement is worried about copycat stuff. They're like, if we have this going on in a movie, there's going to be kids that are going to try to do it.
0: So why did she stand in front of a train and instead of like.
3: Yeah, but I think most people are smart enough not to try standing in front of a train. You'd Some like people to might think so. doing it, doing the you know foot on each car thing.
2: Yeah, normally, I think complaining about political correctness is like weird, like I want to be racist, but I want to like f- camouflage it as something else. But there was some political correctness gone mad in the making of this film.
1: We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> this is but uh, the one, the only, the Dennis Quaid as Reverend Shaw Moore as a uh, another reverend. Uh, Andy McDowell, Patrick's love interest, as V-more. I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of her either, but I don't understand your eternal hatred for her. What did she do? Like kill a puppy? What'd she do?
3: She's a shitty actress. That's what she did. He's fine. She's, she's I mean, your she's Albert Brooks. Like, what, okay, watch Four Weddings and a Funeral and try to tell me she's a good actress. Come on now. I, I didn't
2: she's say phenomenal. she was good.
1: I said she was fine. Like She's
3: not even fine in that movie. She's awful in that movie. She almost ruins a great movie.
1: How would you like her in Multiplicity?
3: I haven't seen that in forever. I'd have to watch <laughs> that again.
1: Hey, cool. Steve,
0: want to beat up?
3: <laughs> so you know how when you make I, a copy of something it's not quite as clear as the original?
1: I just don't understand your your full on hatred of her. I don't I don't get it. I mean and I Pat, g- why would you hate an actor or
0: an actress for no reason?
1: It's not no reason, she
3: stinks. Okay. I I, mean, I just kind of nothing her. <laughs> I guess. Same, <laughs> same what what reason I hate say. Keanu Reeves. I mean you just stink as an actor. Whoa. Beautiful people, but I mean
1: So uh <sighs> here we go. Uh then we have Miles Teller. I like
3: anybody that's bad at their job? How about that? No matter what job it is.
1: As Willard. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Uh who's known as such thing for such things as 21 and over and divergent otherwise known as these aren't the Hunger Games, we swear. <laughs> uh <laughs> God, what else? Ray McKinnon? Dystopia Part 2. Yeah, there's... I put too many Ray names McKinnon,
3: in. Um, I. It was driving me crazy. I couldn't figure out what I knew him from and then finally dawned on me he was the preacher in, in Deadwood. Oh, yeah.
2: He totally was. Oh. Yeah.
3: When it finally dawned on me I was I was much relieved.
2: Yeah, it just dawned on me, so... <laughs> and then... And he Pet- was in a bunch of stuff. He was in The Blind Side. He was in Old Brother Where Art Thou, Apollo 13. Yeah, yeah
3: he's had a pretty good career.
1: Uh... Patrick John Pfluger as Chuck Cranston, who was entirely too old for that girl. <laughs> <laughs> the father and Mike the just came out. The father out. and Mike came out and was like, wait a second, that guy's like
3: <laughs> If that guy comes around my house, he's getting shot. Yeah.
1: Because I'm going to buy a gun. <laughs> it's like he's gonna knock on the Unless door and be like brings a race car. Can you wait here for two weeks? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Patrick John Fluger as Chuck Cranston. Kim Dickens. Is that the right name? Another,
3: another Deadwood alumni. She played um, Joni on Deadwood.
2: Yeah. Did she like oh, that? Damn, she totally did. <laughs> yep. Look she at did you and your,
1: your Deadwood. And then Zia Colon. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What? She wasn't Joni.
2: Yeah.
3: She was No, Chachi. Joni
2: is... Uh, played by uh, what's-her-face, uh, Kristen Bell.
3: No. This, Kim Dickens played Joni on Deadwood.
2: You're absolutely right. I, who played? Oh, you're right. Kristen Bell uh, played a minor character uh, who was connected to Joni. You're right.
1: All right. So uh, then the um, Rusty is played by Zia Colin, who is known for such things as the great movie Counterpunch. Uh, Footloose, Joyful Noise, and something called Road Trip Beer Pong.
3: And he played Swerengen on Deadwood.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was the. Uh... <laughs> think you may be thinking of somebody else.
3: Yeah,
2: I'm pretty oh. sure that wasn't. Now
3: I might have that one wrong. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, um, so I came into this one expecting a movie. <laughs> well, it was and a movie. I got that. Of. Um god oh crap i before we before we finish off on i have to jump back to the original footloose real quick just because i have an amazing story about my commute on on i was watching it on my phone and there was the shower scene um <clears throat> so i'm sitting on the bottom level and i'm watching footloose on my little phone and then after a second somebody comes over and it's the conductor's Conductoress? Is there a female version of Conductor?
2: Yeah, I think it's just Conductor.
1: Okay. She comes over. She goes, excuse me, what are you watching? And I'm like, Footloose. She goes, really? I'm like, yeah. Huh. I'm like, why? She goes, someone up top said that you were watching gay porn. <laughs> 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 someone looked down at my phone. During that shower scene where there was just the man-ass walking around and told the conductor, they actually got up, walked down, found the conductor, and told them that I was sitting there in the middle of the train watching gay porn on my phone. Wow.
3: And, and you're like, I wish this was gay
1: porn. Have you seen Kevin Bacon? I was oh. just like, I'm just looking at him like, no, oh, Kevin Bacon, check him out. There he is. He's doing his angry dance.
2: <laughs> well, you see, that person was on their way to the library for book ah, burning. That's right. <laughs> so... Yeah, it was yeah. just...
3: So, in other words, they've okay. seen plenty of man ass they don't want to see anymore. Yeah, getting- and they,
1: but but the <laughs> the conductor was just kind of like I knew they were fucked up, you know, just like just <laughs> like shaking the head, walking away. Like, did, did you give her one of our cards? No, unfortunately, I didn't. That didn't come to mind. I was too much astounded by the full fact that somebody felt the urge to get up and right, complain yeah. about me. Yeah. So, if you'd
2: like to know more about gay porn, here's
1: our card. <laughs> Call us at seven
4: zero
2: eight.
1: Now we're out Yeah. There's that's no no <laughs> not watching gay porn on this, but if you're interested, hey. <laughs> and that's how I wound up walking home. No. <laughs> so so back to the back to the movie. Okay.
3: It's interesting that Zach Efron was originally cast because the whole time, like in, in the first five minutes, I kept trying to figure out if it was Zach Efron or not.
1: I'm looking. Yeah, I could see. I'm just
0: trying to imagine Zach Efron like, hey, you guys are wicked smart here. Where's the remote, <laughs> cast?
3: Well, they probably would have made him from a less uh, defined city if he couldn't pull the accent off. The He's
1: thing.
0: from Nebraska.
1: I wish <laughs> that they could have paid his accent more because then it would have stuck around for all the scenes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I can say this. I- I'm not a violent individual. <laughs> but uh, when Kenny Wormald appeared on screen,
1: I just wanted to punch him me, right in the face. Me too that fucking smarmy I mean you just some reason you wanted to throttle the kid I think he deserved he literally deserved everything that he got yeah. in this movie I, I, yeah I think he gave his mother cancer <laughs>
2: That's that's what happened. That's why they had to make the change. They're like, there's no way anyone survived 17 years in this kid's presence without dying of cancer.
0: <laughs> Merry Christmas, Ma. How do you like them apples?
3: I did not have that the hatred for this kid that you guys did.
1: Well, eventually, because no, all of yours was him, channeled that- to Andy McDowell. You had no hatred to give up. <laughs> I mean... I don't know. Eventually,
2: he was fine, but it was that first moment where he's just walking with this shit-eating grin on his face and his fucking sunglasses on. I just wanted to hit him. And uh, the whole, like, smarmy, when uh, the whole family is praying with their hands together and he rolls his eyes and then doesn't say amen, it's like, okay, I get it. You're a cool, edgy internet atheist. Don't disrespect the family that's giving you a place to fucking live.
1: Yeah. I didn't see him... See, that's, it's, that's
3: very interesting, because I didn't catch that as a rolling of the eyes kind of thing. I didn't even see that as a whatever. I, I mean, as somebody who's been in that situation before, I mean,
1: no, I that's just exactly
3: how I treat it. I just kind of don't really close my eyes. I just kind of look around, and it's like, okay, just kind of wait, you know.
1: Right. Well, there was... Okay, I did warm up to him eventually, but Josh, I think that you and I seem to have a, a common theme between the two of us, that initially, if we... just. Dis- if we, if I find that we both want to punch the same things, right? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, what? if we, in our first reaction, if our first reaction is to punch you, you should probably just get the hell out of there at that point because things are going to go bad for all of it, all of us.
3: Or uh, you're going to end up to be best friends.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> or you're going to wind up doing a podcast with you guys twenty years later. <laughs> um. So, uh, Julian, H- oh, do we, Julian? What's her name? As Ariel Huff, Huff, Huff. as. Batch it crazy. Just think of her
4: huffing and puffing.
1: Okay. I'm thinking of that now.
4: Yeah, I think we all did. We all <laughs> took a break there to do that. We're like...
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, Dennis Quaid as a pale example of John Lithgow's character.
2: Yeah, way less sympathetic. Like, I, I know that... They're trying frantically to like connect everything together, but he just like immediately jumped to everything's Ren, Ren McCormick's fault, like he's on fucking Scooby Doo.
1: Yeah. Where, <laughs> whereas, did you notice that um, John Lithgow as a whole did not have a whole hell of a lot of lines in this movie? I mean, and when he did have his lines, he didn't right, he say a lot. Movie. No, I mean in the in the, uh, <laughs> in, in the first one, John John Lithgow like when when she came home late. You know, he had the how can I how can I uh, have a curfew on the people that are coming to my church? When you I can't even run the curfew in my house, and that right. was and that was it. You know, or when he saw her at the drive-in, your mom thought you needed money, and just hands her the money and walks away. No, and th- that's, that's the thing. Has he a whole still speech.
2: forbade his daughter from seeing Ren, but he didn't like. Jump to blame everything on Ren. It's like, this is just the first time he's got a specific name to
1: associate with his daughter's wild ways. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, ever since he showed up in town, you've been crazy. And it's like, oh yeah, ever since he showed up in town, finally the kids all had a drive-in movie theater to stand in and have dance-offs in, in the town where dancing is banned.
3: Yeah, and there's no way that this is the first time... He's seen you know this, this beginning of this school season is the first time he's seen any rebellion from her, not not with the way that they that he and his wife talk about her.
1: Right. Yeah. Especially by the
2: senior year. Okay. There was something else I noticed by this stage of the movie, and maybe I'm way off, and I'm hoping Pat can correct me on this. But this is a town in the deep south where they are so backwards that they're mistrustful of ATMs because they don't give you a piece of bubble gum. <laughs> However, yes, they are 100% racially integrated.
1: I oh. so noticed that.
2: Does that seem a little off? I mean, uh, we're up in the middle of the Yankee Midwest, and I could drive two hours south and find a place where they beat up the black kid.
1: Yeah, and Rusty, Willard, Rusty and Willard are dating. Uh, right. Much, yeah. yeah. By the end did, of the movie, anyway, they
2: are. Like, I mean, maybe it's different in small towns now. Maybe this is just... An update, but this is kind of what I was talking about with political correctness gone mad. And it's weird that I'm going to complain that there isn't enough racism in there. (laughs) But what's crazy to me is it's weird. It's almost more racist to not show it. Because if you are going to claim that in this town of all places, nobody's racist, you are basically making the fanatically untrue statement that there isn't racism anywhere.
4: Mm.
3: Now I will okay. I will agree to a point. I mean, they did they they did show it a little bit too much. I mean, integration without any problem. Now, I will say that racism is definitely a lot less overt now in the South. Is unless you're going into like deep deep, deep 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 pockets, you know, of like the Appalachians and shit like that, or like where ones, they
1: might ban dancing. Kind of, yeah, or where I'm going to have to drive through.
3: <laughs> this is still a a um, mainstream enough of a town to like be a thoroughfare. You know, I mean, they, they show that there's like you know row road, big roads and everything. So I mean, this is not like a backwoods area where you know there's no you know the, the entire town is a cul-de-sac.
1: Yeah, uh, the, uh, no, they're they're two hours away from a major city.
4: Okay. Right.
3: I mean, they're not that far removed. I mean and 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 racism now, especially with with, um like the younger generation, something I've kind of picked up just from talking with my niece and everything. It's like it's it's a lot less about just straight up uh like physical violence and more about just kind of the verbal bullying type of thing.
2: Okay. I guess that's some of what I was looking for is like it was something I noticed and wanted to discuss.
3: Because, because I know everything you do nowadays is caught on film. Sure. So people are a lot more careful oh, about yeah,
1: how that's they very act. True. Yeah.
2: But I don't know that the attitudes have necessarily gone away because I've seen teenagers and guys in their 20s and I guess it's gotten more to where the white kids are less about like uh necessarily being overtly mean and more like playing the the, the real victim is the white male. It's like right. fucking come on.
3: Yeah. Racism has gotten a lot less violent and just more um, whiny. <laughs> yeah, almost. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, and now now everybody all everybody wants to do is, is talk about how their their group is the one that's oppressed.
1: Sure. And yeah, well, this okay. took a happy turn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, let's well, get it, away it, from it this. Like hey, like a did of- you know? Uh, well, remember when Ariel took off well, her shirt? Obviously, I you do that. I like that. Yeah. wrote that into the script. Yeah. Um, I, I got
2: you, Mike. We're talking well, about a, a movie about teenagers dancing. We yeah, I know. Away well, from the big,
1: big picture. Yeah. we're just, just draw back no. to the hashtag. The, I can't breathe. Yeah. So the original did Footloose anybody feel like. What, Joel? What? I don't know. Did, we're.
0: And, well, I don't know if anybody can hear me because my mic fell, and I, I, it seems like I can't be heard. So I wasn't sure if you could hear me. No, I can hear you. Um, th- does it feel like anybody that, like all the kids from the big town, like transplanted there, like they they bust them in or something?
4: Because
0: <laughs> that's the way it felt like to me. Like, they, yeah, it's, it's a small town, they, but they're busting in these kids.
3: Yeah, for for a small town, it felt a lot. Of, a, a lot. It, it felt like an inner city high school.
0: Exactly, yeah. and that's why I was like, to me when I was watching, I'm like, what are they, busting these kids from the other some so, other and area? And their dance style and was
3: very, very inner city. Because there's mm-hmm. not a whole lot of people out in the cornfields dancing like that, I guarantee it.
1: There were a lot but of they them. They were.
3: I've been, to the, I've been to the country western clubs. They're not dancing like that, even when they play the hip-hop music.
0: But well, what about at the Greasy Spoon down the road?
1: <laughs> so, the bus race... They were making a clap, buddy. There's, did you notice there was? Uh, hey, Josh, want to talk about Footloose? Um, <laughs> they were a lot of like little knots. We you were? Oh, I'm sorry, I faded off for a second. Um, the uh, it's it seemed to me as I was watching the movie, but I got halfway through it, like this movie was written by a guy who kind of remembered watching the original Footloose with his parents back in the 80s. Because there were a lot of, I mean, for watching both movies on the same day, there were a lot of lines that were exactly the same. Yes, a lot of references. She was wearing the red boots. You know, they had That's the yellow true. bug. They had. I all... thought they did a good
3: job of paying homage. Yeah, the, the different things they threw in, like when he went through the albums too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but there I was, was just it was so much homage as it was. They just straight up. I mean, it was it was a really as it was a straight up remake with very little new to say of on its own, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and very little dialogue to say on its own. I mean, there were several conversations that were almost verbatim from the first movie.
0: Exactly, like, like the, I whole, had the same thing you did. I watched them almost back to back.
1: Yeah, the bus bus thing was kind of weird. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a
2: little better than Tractor
1: Chicken. I agree with that.
0: But where did and they get the money for these freaking buses? A bake sale. His
1: dad owned the uh, track.
3: Yeah, they right. explained that in the movie. Yeah, and he was well, uh, were... already
2: kind of a semi-successful NASCAR driver.
0: But they raced the buses, he said, every weekend, and those things were pristine. Well, maybe they get new buses every week.
3: Yeah, they, I think I think he said they do. I think he implied they do that race every weekend. Not that the buses were the same ones from every race.
0: So that every week when they bring in the new kids to the high school, they just change yep. the buses in for the race. Yeah, the next they week?
2: steal the buses and put zombies <laughs> in them. <laughs> That that bus, by the way, was fucking awesome. Yeah, that
1: was pretty cool. Oh, the zombie one? Yeah. Nice. But
0: why the heck did what's his nuts have any right to get upset when they when he blew up his bus? I mean
1: Well for the same reason the first What's His Nuts got upset when he I he tried to run me over. That was the point. Yeah.
2: I would say that Chuck in this one played it a little cooler. He was like, Yeah, I'm going to pretend we're cool, but you can see behind my eyes that we're not cool. And I'm going to try and show you up. He was a little less comic book, bad guy from the 80s teenager in this one. So I, I, that was a change I actually kind of liked. The a little less Zabka. <laughs> yeah. Although I thought they were going to back off from the whole relationship between him and Ariel. when it, She was like pushing him off and like, why we got to go so fast.
1: Yeah, she caved in pretty quick on that.
2: Well, oh, yeah. and that was good because I thought that I I honestly thought it was going to be a little bit more rapey there and it was going to destroy her characterization as a girl who is pretty much like her way of dealing with her pain is to like wreck her own life.
0: Hmm. Well, and it 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 played up to that nicely with the way that they twisted that part for sure.
2: So, I mean, that was around the point, because my first text to my wife while I was watching this is that the remake of Footloose is the most outrageously shitty
1: thing I've seen in weeks. <laughs> and that's for what we watch. There's the, considering right. we did the mockbuster show just a few weeks ago, that says a hell of a lot.
0: I, well, I, I will... kept saying I'd rather be watching Star Crash.
3: <laughs> wow. I See, I, I'm the only one that didn't hate this movie, I guess.
0: What? Well, that was initially, though.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I started warming to it. I don't know that I ever got to liking it, but I eventually came around to okay, this isn't as terrible as I thought it was in the first twenty minutes.
0: Exactly.
3: I never. I, I would not at all say I like you know liked this movie, but I never hated it. I just kind of you know I, just, I enjoyed it for what it was the mo- the whole time. I guess. I hated and I it. I thought it, I thought it was a, a, a pretty faithful to the original i
1: mean in interest you well know, yeah without, it was straight up like copying everything well
2: they well, made a couple changes and some of the sh- changes to their credit were for the better they cleaned up the relationship between him and his uncle and his aunt and those a great casting on the new adorable little girls
4: yeah mm-hmm.
1: they
2: were
3: yeah, um, I, I liked that they made his uncle more supportive of him right yeah i did
2: like mother. that Cutting his mother out of the picture and not having his aunt as a completely, like, background silent character yeah. it worked very well. Th- yeah. That was a change that I thought actually overall improved the film.
1: I like the fact that his his uncle was kind of like, yeah, this is the way it is, but you know what? It's kind of screwed up. When he called out the judge. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, used to, we used to drive around listening Eddie, to Leonard Skinner. He me judge.
2: All right, Judge Eddie. Judge Eddie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And when uh, they're kind of arguing about the way things are about buying beer on Sundays, and he starts cracking up because he knows it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's just like, well, it's in the Bible. Jesus said it, so I believe it.
3: Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and that actually is a standard phrase I've heard from many people. God said it, that settles it. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. That's like a, that is an actual bumper sticker.
1: But here's a real question. The angry what? dancing.
3: Oh, <laughs> they started to lose me again at the angry dance. Yeah, I, th- I thought the first one was bad till I saw the second one. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just like, off,
1: The first one, the first one, I was like, Oh man, he's a whiny bitch running around in there. I'm like, Oh no, no, this is a whiny bitch. I'm going to yell at the trash cans and call everybody's names because I'm. You with your stupid vest? Who do you think yeah. you are? I'm just.
3: I mean, this dance reminded me and i told you guys this in the chat it reminded me of jimmy jr from bob's burgers do you guys watch that show
0: at all yes yes
3: it it was all jimmy jr the way he was dancing around like oh uh," like i'm feeling the dance so much as he's dancing he's like oh tina i'm feeling the dance (laughs) i have so much rage inside of me i need to dance it out
0: i have so much rage tina (laughs) that's
1: a great jimmy jr that is, we found the third impression.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know how to do Tina. Anyway.
3: I, I can do Tina pretty well, but I'm not doing it right now.
0: <laughs> oh. That means you can't do it. But anyway. Oh.
3: oh, The burger has been thrown down. Before the end of the podcast, I'll do it. What? Wait, what
0: just
1: happened? This- <laughs> It's it's I got all for a second. So the um, the podcast, ang- the angry dance. Yeah, <laughs> a little
3: bit more
2: destructive of an angry dance this time around.
1: Yeah, ripping boards off the walls. Yeah, kicking breaking that board.
3: window and everything. Yeah, when he did that, I'm like, dude, you work there?
1: What the fuck? They're gonna know it's you.
3: They're gonna take that out <laughs> of your paycheck. Yeah, I didn't
2: think that was supposed <laughs> to be the cotton gin. I thought that was like an abandoned factory. I thought, yeah, a great uh, job. Oh, it is. Well, Yeah, because he completely, like, spun his car into the middle of the area, and it didn't look like anybody had been there for a while.
3: I just assumed it was this place he worked like it was in the first movie. Yeah.
0: But there was a (laughs) weird... Oh, go ahead. Oh, the guy's like, he broke my window. Let's have a dance here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There was this weird timing thing, though, because he just, like, angrily drove away from Ariel. And then she teleports to watch him dance, yeah. apparently.
3: <laughs> she, she would have no idea where he went because she was nowhere near her car to follow him, and he just drove off. Well, so she, she didn't must have even a, have
2: a yeah. car. They yeah. made a big point of Rusty drove her to the NASCAR race, and she needed a ride back. Oh, that's right. So how I the hell did she that. even get to the warehouse? Small well, those
3: boots, those boots were made for walking. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that.
4: It's
1: awesome. Um, so they have this train car that apparently they have uh, had it decorated by Ikea. The yearbook, yeah. The yearbook. Another one of those things like, th- oh, this is the secret place that all of us go to to write our secret thoughts and a little bit more yeah. plausible when it was small things written on the doors of this, this tr- engine that was like in the middle of nowhere versus the Gigantic open doored uh boxcar fully painted with a couch and a ca- and an old handheld cassette player.
2: Yeah. That was that was a little weird.
0: And its own concierge in front.
3: Yeah. Obviously, you've never been to a rape cabin. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh,
0: I saw that movie, dude. It was terrible. I shouldn't find that funny. <laughs>
1: no. Holy crap. All right. <laughs> um Prolapse Minotaur.
2: <laughs> I, I also thought that they kind of missed part of the point of the original yearbook scene because a lot of it was the first glimpse that Ariel had a little bit more going on upstairs besides her whining constantly about how she was bigger than this crappy little town
0: mm-hmm. was
2: her poetry in the first one.
0: Well, yep. They humanized
3: her a bit more.
2: Yeah, and they skipped that for this.
3: Yeah. They just made it a place where everyone went and wrote crap.
2: Well, right, and that, uh, she implied that they went there to have sex, and that right. was sort of implied in the first one, too, but that wasn't the point of the scene, and for a film that like slavishly remade a lot of the scenes shot for shot, line for line, missing the point of this one was kind of a misstep.
3: Yeah, I mean, they, they it, did good in the things that they changed. That was one of the things that they kind of dropped the ball on. I'll agree with that.
0: Yeah, I could have seen in this version, like her pointing and 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 like pointing at all the stuff in the yearbook, and he looks up and he like slides his finger across and reads one of the entries, and he's like, "Oh, is this is this uh, one of yours?" And she's like, "Oh no, that, I did write it, but that's Miley Cyrus." You know, I don't know, just I don't know where I was going with that. Shut up, Joel.
3: Okay. <laughs> wow, Joel's going to have a four-man podcast all by himself. I was just going to say Joel's doing his own show right now.
0: <laughs> I'm tired. Shut up.
1: Uh, uh, exactly. <laughs> so I just I, think well one of the things think of like I'm sorry. I what? won't lie. I fast forwarded through a lot of the dance scenes. Why? Well mainly uh, the big angry one. I, I you thought know.
2: that the montage with uh in this one with Willard was uh pretty good, actually.
1: Yeah, I agree. The one with him dancing with the girls?
2: Yeah, all, all the little kids and their little microphones. And eventually, like, he was a better dancer than uh, Chris Penn, which makes sense because Chris Penn actually couldn't dance.
1: Yeah.
0: It's like Phil Collins.
3: How dare you invoke his name?
0: We're already talking about crappy things that make us angry, so.
3: Next thing you know, Phil Collins is going to be singing in a m- movie that Annie McDowell stars in.
0: It's in the air tonight, I think. Oh, shut up.
1: So anyway. I see you're Michael McDonald. Uh Uh-oh. What
0: are you going to raise us?
1: Oh, God damn it. (laughs) I just want to make Pat, like, (laughs) rage. So anyway. Um... God, going on, I, you know what I liked about the ending scene, the dance scene? It ended? The The chandelier. You know, I
2: thought that the, uh, their version of the raining uh, glitter in this one was pretty cool, because they'd already established that piece of machinery, like, had this random burst of air. Mm-hmm. So after you get through the remake of the fight scene, which they had to do the uh, girls joining the fight, and I don't know if you guys noticed this, but the cowboy from the cowboy bar was randomly one of Chuck's cronies in this one.
0: Really? I did not catch that. No, yeah.
3: I didn't either.
2: Yeah, there are Chuck's cronies included the heavyset drug dealer. Yeah,
4: oh, I, I noticed that. that. Yeah.
2: The crony you saw him with, with like the rat-faced kid with the longish hair and the leather jacket. Mm-hmm. And then when they needed one extra one, they randomly had the cowboy guy who uh, punched Willard in the bar. I was like, "That's that's freaking weird." Hmm. There, there's no indication that he was from Beaumont or would have known Chuck. But I may- guess we have to get our revenge on the one remaining bad guy.
3: No, I think I, I think they just counted on nobody noticing that honestly, and just ca- recast the character.
1: Well, they thought the wrong. Dum dum dum. No, I, I just
0: like how they get in this massive fight where they got the their shit rocked on both sides, and they walk into the dance perfectly clean and ready to go again.
2: Well, that was just like the original again. Exactly. Where where the suits like are practically ripped and they're covered in dust, and then they pop back up, and the suits are perfectly clean.
1: It's an amazing uh, wind they have down there. It's it's like they went, the hour, hour.
3: they went to the same place that the the. Lady from Clash uh, Wrath of the Titans went to. Oh, yeah. That's
1: 20 minute martinizing.
0: <laughs> That's what it is. I've always wondered. That's what it is.
3: Huh. You're just completely dirty and you turn 180 degrees and you're just completely clean.
1: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. So, uh, got anything else?
2: I mean, in general, I mean, we can agree that Dennis Quaid was no Jonathan Lithgow. Oh, uh, uh uh, Andy McDowell. That's really
3: a slight. I mean, John well, Lithgow is honestly probably Jonathan? one of the top ten. John John, L- John is probably one of the top ten actors alive today. So.
1: See, but here's the thing, though. I like I like um, Dennis Quaid, just not in this. He's not Dennis Quaid. Isn't built for this. I don't think. Mm. I mean, have you seen him in like Pandorum? Oh, that's Dennis, a great. Quaid, slide.
3: Dennis Quaid is hit or miss. He has good roles and bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, Inner Space, amazing. It was good awesome. in there. Yeah, that was good stuff. I mean, Dennis Quaid has good good roles. I mean, just this is not. I don't think this role is good for him. I think they cast him as this because they're like, oh man, throwback. We'll have Dennis Quaid be the be the reverend. You know, everyone remembers Dennis Quaid from movies in the eighties, so we'll put him in there. So it'll be another like homage, I guess. But they, put, I,
3: they, they should have put John Cusack in that role.
1: Oh no. shit! Yeah. Yeah. John Cusack would have been really good at that. He plays he plays intense really well.
3: I'd like to see him do a fire and brimstone
1: speech. Mm-hmm. Here. John, um, okay, then you said no, Joel. Who would you put?
0: I, I mean, Dennis Quaid wasn't a terrible option. I don't have a big problem with the Dennis Quaid choice. Okay. I decide John Cusack just doesn't, I don't know, I just can't see it.
3: Would have been nice if Kevin Bacon had, would have done it.
0: Or would have been, right, or done something.
1: That was actually part of the trivia that I had that we haven't gone over yet, is that they gave Kevin Bacon the script and said, hey, we're remaking it. And Kevin Bacon read the script and said, no, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) He he, he could not find a role he was willing to play. So they actually wrote him in for Ren's deadbeat father, and he gave that... uh, Craig Brewer, Bu- the director Craig Craig Brewer, his blessing he's like, "All right, thank you, I'm not gonna be in it, but good luck to you, so
2: <laughs> good luck with that, yeah. I thought it was cool that they decided that they were going to have uh, Ariel take off her shirt to start the uh race in the original script and decided that they couldn't go that far, so they decided to like pay that off in the remake,
1: yeah, that was cool, um thinking about that again. Uh <laughs> but no, I mean it's a, it, I, I just think this was a this is like like we said before talking about mul- uh, multiplicity. <laughs> this is this is the copy of a copy. It's it's it,
0: it's a throwaway piece of of pop culture. I mean, they they took something that already was a proven commodity. They remade it for a modern audience with very little update and uh it succeeded as being entertaining to a similar degree but i don't think it'll have the same staying power
3: step four profit
4: Mm -hmm.
2: yeah i mean it wasn't great but let's face it the original wasn't shakespeare either even though we kind of liked it but that was partially because i think most of us had pretty low expectations
3: i think think the way to wrap it up the first one was better than it needed to be and the second one wasn't as good as it should have been
2: Mm -hmm. wow very
0: very concise
2: yeah, I'd, I'd say I agree with that. And it's pretty obvious that even though I don't agree with Pat's hatred for her, Andy McDowell is clearly no Diane Weast.
0: Well, yeah, well, that goes without saying, I suppose. But I, um, I, love I think the, the original also, I mean, we all have some tie to it because of the music. It was a music of our time. And the actors are all actors that we grew up with. So, I mean, we're going to be a little bit more attached to it because of that, too. Um, plus, I, I mean, I like I saw it when I was a kid, so right there, it's it's going back to the well, going, oh, you know, that's fun. It's not Goonies fun, but it's fun.
2: Right. I mean, this was one like I kind of felt when we talked about doing this as a show, like, okay, I suppose we have to because this was a big movie. But I wasn't excited for it like I was for some of our other topics. But uh, I, I'm glad we did this one.
1: Yeah, I am too. I mean, I, I, it was – it wasn't that great watching the remake, but it was fun watching the old one again. So.
0: And it was interesting to see what those kids are up to today. Whew. Anyway, what'd you think, Pat?
3: Apparently it's dancing at a burger joint, that's what they're up to.
0: <laughs> they're crunking at the joint, yep.
3: <laughs> Don't get too crunk. <laughs> <laughs> Honey,
0: would you lock the crunk, please? Thank
3: you. It was just such a great little throwaway stupid line to like show how hip and cool the old man is <laughs> like, and you could tell it was written by it by an old white guy
2: yeah there was a little bit of that going on where it's like yeah we're gonna show we're gonna update this and i know what the kids are into
1: today <laughs> right i'm gonna google what are the kids into they're into the crunk that's the bee's knees <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> write that down <laughs>
3: So in a way, that almost might have been perfect because that might be how a guy in his situation would talk to the kids. And the kids are just like, oh, he's such a nice guy. We're not going to bust his nuts over it. (laughs) Probably. He's
0: playing music and uh, breaking the law, technically. Yeah. All right. Um, Yeah. So overall, thoughts, final thoughts, summed up, that sort of thing?
1: I think Pat summed it up. The first one was better than I was expecting it to be because, like Josh said, we had such low expectations on that. Yeah. Because we go back to that movie and it's one of those, like, you have fond memories of it and you're like, I'm going to get screwed over by this. And then you watch it and it was like, it was outside of Angry Dancing. It was a pretty decent flick. So we
0: all enjoyed the original. We were all kind of nothing about the remake.
1: Yes. Like, I started out
2: hating it, but, like, when we got to the final dance scene I was smiling and I was like okay they had some modern dancing in there and they had some really good tributes to specific dance scenes from the original mm-hmm. well like it the opening fun. scene
0: like the way they yeah. handled the, the opening scene with the feet which wouldn't have really worked as well now without making it feel like a teen sex comedy they made it make sense
2: Although that was what was kind of crazy about that is uh, you mentioned the opening and I know we're kind of on final thoughts here, yeah. but I did notice that they did have kind of a modern movie conceit where they couldn't just let any of the backstory be backstory that comes out through dialogue. They insisted on showing us how. Yeah, how we got there.
1: It seemed yeah. like the whole movie moved really quick. You and, know, like and
2: that's just something like the last couple of years. Uh, we even our first episode we talked about how they couldn't just let Conan's sword be a sword. It had to have its own story of how he got it. Mm -hmm. And that's just something of uh, the movies of our time that I think that if someone were to do a podcast similar to ours and make fun of the things that were crappy about the movies we watch now that they're making in 2010 or in the two thousands, that'll be one of the things that they'll point out. It's like, yeah, they just couldn't let, Backstory plot come out through dialogue. They ha- insisted on writing a fucking scene for everything, no matter how trivial.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, well and we're you such know
2: there is society for
0: one. Well, you know there was some guy at a at a, a desk, you know, a str- struggling screenwriter who's sitting down and he's like, "How are we going to include the feet from the opening shot?" <laughs> oh, it'll be at the party where the kids get killed
3: yeah. and everybody to fight each other and drink a Red Bull.
0: Exactly. They're like. Okay, excellent. Print it. Write it
1: up. Let's go. Yeah, high five. Crunk. <laughs> I don't think he... Let's drink some Red Bull and out he of means. here. On that, on that note, what's on tap for next week, Joel? Supermodels. Yeah.
3: Nope. Uh, work it, girl.
2: Mm-hmm. Every year about this time, especially back in the 80s and 90s, they come out with the like, pre-teens first version of porn, especially before the internet, you've got not the Victoria's Secret catalog, not the Frankie of Hollywood. I'm talking about the swimsuit issue of Sports Illustrated. And pretty much that has launched the career of so many supermodels that uh, we have come to know and love over the years. So we're going to take a look at the ones from the 80s and 90s and compare them to some of those same girls in the same roles today.
0: Um, will this episode come with a football phone?
1: Yes. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> All right. So uh, if you want to catch some of our older shows, you can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe. If you have an idea about a show or something you would like to uh, have us cover or comments or some notation that you want us to know, you can call us at 708-NOW-RAP. That's
2: 708-669-9727. But no unsolicited commercials. We're done with that bit.
1: Yeah, we're done. That's old. Charlie ran that bus into the ground. Good night, folks. It was funny once. Yeah. Stop it. Good night, folks. Good night.
0: And sports.
2: (laughs) I'm angry. I got to dance.
0: You are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends.
2: Mike, just for your reference, KMFDM is not the acronym of the week. No, I know that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I figured you did, but just in case you didn't, that would be really awkward to have to process live.